Hi, this is Nick Duramio from Clip Breakdown, and you're listening to the Wayne Holtz Podcast. One thing I love about doing the podcast is that I never know where it will lead me. While doing research for the previous episode with Degrassi's Andrea Lewis, that's right kids, Queen Hazel was with us. I stumbled upon someone that instantly made a fan out of me. With his quick quips and nuanced takes on the films that helped to shape my childhood, to his ability to make me laugh every 9 to 12 seconds, and this has been scientifically proven, I knew right away this was someone I wanted to have on the pod. With millions of views acquired on YouTube and millions of laughs acquired from me, I'm very excited to welcome host of Clip Breakdown, Nick DeRamio. Hello! Hi, how are you? Thank you for that introduction. I love the numericals of 9 to 12 seconds. That gives me so much life. Well, I have to say, when I first stumbled upon you, I literally, so just so everyone knows, I was doing my research um, for Andrea Lewis, and um, I was going to watch Cadet Kelly, which she was in with Hilary Duff, but I couldn't, like find it or didn't want to pay for it or something and so i was like oh maybe it's on youtube and when i looked it up on youtube i found your breakdown of the movie and literally i was like first of all i never need to watch the movie ever again i'm just gonna watch this this version of it and i found myself cracking the fuck up okay for about 45 (laughs) minutes i was gagging okay but wait before we jump into all of that nick tell me um where in the world you're calling from and what is your environment right now? I'm calling in from Palm Springs, California. I am trying to keep it nice and I'm in, I'm very grateful to be living in the desert right now because it is February and 70 degrees and sunny. So I've got all the shades open, just trying to flood the apartment with light. Uh, I've been out of the apartment for like a week, not making videos. So I'm just trying to like reinvigorate everything and get myself back in the groove i love that and you know palm springs with uh i've never been uh, well i've driven through but i you know it's always uh touted as this great place by ross matthews he loves palm springs he yes can, can never get enough of it have you ever run into him there no i haven't but i'm aware that he does a show that's very popular like a drag brunch that he hosts out here and um and like other people in that kind of queer entertainment space, I've, I've definitely, I know live out here. Like, uh, oh, Bianca Del Rio, I know lives in Palm Springs. Right now, Trixie Mattel is doing a ho- a motel renovation out here that, that she owns. So. I saw that. Yeah, it's crazy. How random, listen, I love diversifying your profile or portfolio, you know what I mean? So I'm all for it, yeah. but how random. <laughs> I know, I mean, it's like it's like the um, the more eco-friendly version of RuPaul's fracking. Okay, <laughs> which many people don't know about, but some do, yes. <laughs> yes. 
that side of Rue. Oh my god. Okay. Well, I love that palm. Well, you are right in line with that. Those other um, the other Palm Springs royalty. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. So tell me, uh, you know. I watch so many of your videos and, you know, I'll, I'll scroll through and I've even like, uh, caught some of your breakdowns that, um, were of movies that I had never seen before and still enjoyed the hell out of it. You know, why did you decide to start this all? Oh, you know, it's so funny because I remember, well, I talk about, um, recovery, my recovery from addiction a lot on the channel and it's, interesting when I really tease it out it's like the inception of my YouTube channel as it is now is definitely has its roots there as well like um I remember being in a sober living and watching these crappy movies on TV with these you know other recovering addicts and just like kind of talking and riffing about it and you know I love I love just being joke getting laughs in real life anyway so people would be like Oh, you're, you should just do a YouTube channel of you watching movies and um, making jokes. And I was like, you know what? I should, but <laughs> I don't have my shit together enough to like even do that right now. So let me let me work on building a career uh, in general. So I eventually got to the point where I was like, okay, I'm I'm working in a stable job that's also in like content creation and social media. So let me start building my own brand on the side. Um, but even before that, when I was in film school, I was particularly focused on commercial short form, uh, social video content. And in high school, I had a YouTube channel. Uh, you know, I'm sure I, I think I've done some reactions to some of the high school stuff and it's all very cringy, but it just goes to show <laughs> if you keep at it, eventually I found what uh, I came to what, you know, what I originally set out to do, which was create this feeling of watching movies with your friends, with with me, I guess, uh, and hopefully sharing in the kind of joy of just like, it doesn't need, you don't need to seek out the world's greatest content. You can just find what's on and still really enjoy what you're watching. I love that. And for anyone that listens to the podcast, they know, my podcast, they know that um, perseverance is a main theme of the show. So I, I love to hear all of that. And, you know, congratulations on your newfound life in general and, and progression from, you know, what, whatever you. you were going through. Yeah, I, I feel that. Um, and, you know, you'd mentioned that you went to film school. I can so feel that when I'm watching <laughs> your, because I went to like a, like a, I don't even know how to describe it, but like a, a film performance kind artsy kind of high school. And sure. so like I totally in the way that you edit your videos, the way that you present everything and also your the way you analyze different movies and, and TV shows and stuff like that. it You can like just tell that you ha you come from a place of of knowledge with all of that. Thank you. you. Yeah, I appreciate you noticing that. I definitely love uh, like rhythm and tempo in terms of editing. And, you know, I try to pay a lot of attention to uh, B-roll and the visuals as well as like the kind of radio edit version of the show for people who are just falling asleep listening to Clip Breakdown. <laughs> um, I try to think of it from all of those different elements and try to and try to deliver on all of those aspects. So it means a lot when you when you notice that i appreciate it yeah and you even saying like the tempo of it all it's literally y'all because you know i mentioned the uh the nine to twelve seconds of laughter like it's literally like a uh 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 
uh, uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, when you're talking, I'm like, okay, it's coming, it's coming. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> the jokes yeah, are just... Yeah, there is definitely, like, when I'm writing or kind of making, you know, the whole thing is sort of semi-scripted. Like, I'll write the intro, which I always come up with after formulating all of my thoughts on the movie so they can sort of sum them up in that first, like, 30 seconds. And it's always like, okay, try to deliver three fucking laughs in the first 30 seconds. I mean, not everyone's going to laugh at everything I say and that's fine but it's really all about whether I think it's funny so I'm like I would laugh at that um so try to try to make it funny try to make it funny in the first 30 seconds and then like don't be boring <laughs> don't go too long without saying something funny if I can help it and that's what I love about comedy writing is like to me and creative work in general which I've really had to embrace since going full-time with YouTube is like I can't think of it as this like source that I will drain you know like creativity is not a lake that I go to and take a scoop out of every day to make these videos it's um it's a never-ending renewable resource that uh that I can hone in on at any time um but you know in order to do it my best and I think to get the best out of that source that creative source then I I need to like take care of myself in other ways and be organized and format the show and you know, enlist the help of editors to get me through those first assemblies so that I can keep writing the next two. Um, so I love the, I love, you know, being entrepreneurial with creativity. And I think this has been a really fun sort of um, combination of all of the things that I, that I love ever since I was a kid, you know, trying to, trying to do a new sort of lemonade stand every week. It's like, it feels like that, but uh also with this video-making element that's also been a part of me since childhood. Wow, there are so many places to go with you, Nick. I can't even I can't even express that. You Okay, so I love the euphemism of uh, that the lake. It's not just a lake, you know what I mean? It's a continually renewed source. I'm, a, I'm an artist myself, and so, like, I really... I take that to heart. I love that. And so, you know, we're having all of these... Uh, in deep thoughts on your process but it's so great and what's funny about it is that you dive into movies and tv shows that you know maybe aren't that deep sometimes and right. and you know things like you know cadet kelly was the first one i watched from you um i was crying from laughter at your princess diaries recap and review i <laughs> could not handle it how do you choose your movies and what you want to review Oh, that's a good question. It's like definitely been sort of a process from when Clip Breakdown started. It was like truly with this show that I knew nobody was really going to watch. It was called Catching Kelsey. It was on E! And it was like this one-off <laughs> one dating show with um, Travis Kelsey from who knows what.org NFL. I literally team. have never heard of any of the things you've just said. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So I was like, I watched the first episode and I was like immediately like, oh, this is a small, low budget, not sure how it got greenlit or, or ordered by E type of thing. Um, so I just broke down every single episode and the cast, the, the contestants, these beautiful young women who were on the show got into it and um, were like sharing the episodes as they came out. And so they were getting like 5,000 views at a time, which was my highest uh, in 2016, 2017, when I was just starting with YouTube. So it really encouraged me that my format was good. 
Um, but also then I realized from my professional career, like how the importance of search engine keywords and things of that nature. So uh, having, creating uh, clip breakdowns for a show as it was airing was always going to give it some more search engine juice. And then now I sort of keep that in the back of my mind, you know, like um, Crossroads, I knew was going to be a home run because Britney Spears was just freed from her conservatorship at that time. Uh, the Christmas movies I know, I mean, are just good through November through December. Um, and then they have, I think, a fun nostalgic replay value. Uh, I don't rewatch them myself, but I would, I would hope that they're fun in July too. And then uh, like the, um, I don't know, the, I just sort of follow the recommendations outside of that. You know, like if I do Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, um, that was written by Gail Parent. And Gail Parent also had something to do with Cadet Kelly. And so it's like this weird sort of following the consciousness of other millennials where like I'll do teenage drama queen and the comments are like, I would love to see Cadet Kelly. No one's mentioning, oh, because it has the same writer, but they just sort of remind us of each other, the movies, because mm. they are they have similar tones or they came out uh, and were popular at the same time in the early thousands. So I'm sort of just like following these like recommendations and then I'll realize in my IMDB sort of investigation, like, oh, these had a lot of things sort of in common or weirdly these were all... Uh, propaganda for the war on terror in some way, you know. I don't remember. I, I haven't watched. I mean, you have so many videos, but I haven't watched, but I've seen that it exists. You have a video that is like a post 9-11 commentary on what like the Disney Channel was propagandizing yes. during that time. It was like this tweet of a video of these like little bumpers they would play on the Disney Channel in 2001 and 2002 that were like, what does the flag mean to you? And it's like these Disney Channel stars being like, I love the flag and like seeing all the flags, you just know about America and the flags. And it's like, what are you all talking about? And then uh, that the Twitter user pointed out and I, and I talked about it in my video is like, it all lined up with um, the US entering into basically the Operation Iraqi Freedom. Uh, so it's like, they, the government needed public support of the military to be at its all-time high. And the best way to do that is be like a patriotism and supporting the flag. Every time you see the flag, think about how proud you are to be an American and not about all of the civilian casualties we're about to cause, you know? Wow. So I, th so I have to wonder, you know, in this age of, you know, everything that we know in the last few years that was sort of an open secret, it's like, how am I to trust that the government isn't somehow influencing these extremely nationalist uh, kind of bumpers on a on a private television channel? You know, it's like, I have to wonder. Well, I mean, I don't put anything past them. And of course, on a place, a platform like Disney Channel, where, you know, it starts it starts at home it starts with the youth that's a good place to to place some of those those things right so yeah very interesting i'm definitely going to catch that video everyone i want you to make sure you're catching that video and everything else nick has up on his youtube channel that is nick deramio who we are talking to right now youtube star <laughs> um and we're going to dive in a little deeper way deeper right after this break 
You never know who'll show up to the Wayne Holtz podcast. Really happy to be here on your podcast. Thank you. Rock goddess Nina Diaz. You know, first of all, it begins with having the passion, having the passion for the music. TV host, author. And a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. Don't forget that. Of course, Ross. And celebrity big brother contestant, Ross Matthews. When you reached out to me and asked if I'd be on your podcast, it was a no-brainer. I love people who create and contribute, and that is you. It is so nice to talk to you. Cool conversations with people we want to know more about. Hey, guys, this is Chris Booker, and you're listening to the Wayne Holds Podcast. This is J.D. Sampson, and you're listening to the Wayne Holds Podcast. This is Perez Hilton, and you are listening to the Wayne Holds Podcast. Listen to the Wayne Holds Podcast free now on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and at thewayneholds.com. Hey, Wayneyaks. We're back with Nick DeRamio. Okay, so I see you as a comedian, okay? Basically, whenever I'm watching your videos, I feel like I'm watching a stand-up show, and I'm like, okay, get him a stage, get him a microphone, yeah, I love that. Who are some comedians that you love or maybe draw inspiration from? What makes you laugh, Nick? First of all, thank you. I really appreciate that. I love comedy writing. Um, that was really where I felt, I think, my my like most in my zone in school and obviously with my work now. And just in life, I think always humor has been a great asset. Um, so to answer a question, like comedians who I remember being obsessed with that, like, I think really informed a lot of my humor. Uh, Sarah Silverman was big for me growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think there was something about the ability she has to go to, to like an irreverent, unexpected place with things like, you know, to not be afraid to, to use the word pussy and just letting that be brought up in like such a way that it's unexpected, but also just the sheer bravery of using the word for a vagina in conversation, like people get freaked out. And and so I try to bring that in with like, oh, I can make a joke about my mental illness or my addiction. And honestly, if it's uncomfortable and it makes you laugh anyway, I think that's progress. Um, So I appreciate that. I love, (laughs) oh, like the show Community. So like Dan Harmon, and all of the minds that go into like uh, Donald Glover, who I have loved since I was in and in school at NYU. He was an NYU student who actually got cast uh, as a writer on Thirty Rock, like during his sophomore year of uh, school at NYU, and was doing this like uh, really funny web series where it was like a parody of the Hardy Boys type of thing. Um, so. I loved I loved the writing that went into community. Um, let's see who else made me laugh. I've oh like Arrested Development was a great. I don't know exactly the who to attribute that to, but I guess to answer like TV writing, I think has always been great. Oh, The Soup. Are you a Oh, The Soup? Oh my god, that Daddy. has hugely informed my. Uh, content, like the format. I, I borrow a lot from the technical format of The Soup in that it's a clip show. Um, and also there was this amazing web series called um, Modern Woman or something like that. I'll find it. But it was like on, it was basically also a clip show like The Soup. And it's like, you show the clip, you give a punchline, and then you analyze the deeper meaning, which is definitely sort of the sequence I like to 
keep going in my in clip breakdown and on clip breakdown on youtube uh love all of that by the way um and also you just gave me a few suggestions because things like community and arrested development like i'm aware of course but i've never actually dived into them dove into them so like i am definitely going to take your lead on that i love it um tell me about being a youtuber so we're talking about like the creative side of everything right now what is the technical side like i saw you uh, your one of your posts about like i guess like youtube sent you a plaque when you got like a yeah. ton of subscribers yep. and, the, and the whole thing tell me about like the business of being a youtuber how often do they email you are you making some coin what's going on yeah well i mean i definitely um am making good money for the views, which I'm so grateful for, um, to be like, to feel like the, the hours, cause ever since I'm doing it full time, it feels like, okay, yeah, I work for myself, but that means sort of working so 24 is, hours a day. This is your full time. It is. Job right yep. Now. So previously I, I was a brand manager for a natural hair care and hair supplement company. Um, okay. and so I was I was earning good money there as well. And I knew that I couldn't go full-time with YouTube until I had, you know, replaced that salary. Uh, so I, so that was always something that went into like how I wanted to build the brand is like, I want there to be multiple revenue sources outside of YouTube's ad payments. Um, so, uh, but in that YouTube is very comprehensive in helping you make and sustain revenue on their platform because it's it's mutually beneficial to them. I mean, I don't know if I like buy into every little branded email they send being like, we love your mental health and we care so much about you as a creator. Cause I'm like, really? Because I, I don't, I can't really get help when I have a problem, but you know, these, <laughs> these form emails are super supportive, but so it's a business. I know they get 50% of the ad earnings. So whatever I'm making, they are too. So they want, they don't want me to stop making videos on and go to Twitch or whatever, you know, that's not lucrative to them, but at the same time, they can't be completely transparent with everything that they do. So like we've had to fight as creators to get access to things like click-through rate. So we can determine how effective our thumbnails and titles are. Um, you know, all of that was added pretty recently, like in the, and I think in like 2016, 2017 with the adpocalypse, which is the other thing that YouTubers- The adpocalypse. Are you aware of that? I am not. That sounds, first of all, love that name. Right, I know. So that was when like pre 2016, uh, you could put any real content on YouTube and monetize it. There was no system in place to verify whether that content was something an advertiser would want their commercial plate over. So, you know, people could upload the most crass things um, or frankly, controversial things, racist things, uh, really harmful things and still make millions off of the views. Uh, mm. So what happened with the adpocalypse was um, basically YouTube put into system this place, into place the system rather, where they could determine if a video was suitable for advertising, suitable for limited advertising, or not suitable for most advertisers. And that meant all of a sudden a lot of people's content that they've been creating for years and had millions of views and it made them potentially thousands of dollars suddenly had these little red lights next to them being like, not suitable 
for advertising. And so they're not going to make money off any of that anymore. And most of the videos that they're planning to create are no longer going to be suitable for advertising. So they had to find new ways or of adapting or making the content ad friendly or finding a new platform to go to. Interesting. Right. And like with Google's pay-per-click advertising business, which is honestly, I mean, if you're, if you're aware of pay-per-click advertising, then you know Google, that's their big business. It's the little display ads they show on all of these websites. So that gives advertisers a lot of control. They're like, I don't want my ad played on that brand's website. I don't want that played on anything um, that's selling alcohol or tobacco. So Google eventually had to offer that kind of control to the advertisers that are buying ad time on YouTube as well. So it's really a lot of it is for my business is like, um, making sure that all of the work that I put in and money that I invest into creating the videos, because, you know, time is money. And also I work with editors who I pay, um, to help me get them done on time. It's like, if I do all of that and a video then gets demonetized or struck down by the copyright owner, it's, you know, it's not the end of the world for me, but I can't have that happen frequently because that's the business. You know, I need the videos to perform well and to be profitable. So uh, a lot of it is juggling that. And as soon as you start thinking creatively about it and really understanding profit and loss, it becomes less, I think, intimidating because I have sponsors who instantly make a video profitable, um, thankfully, you know, but that's also because my content is relatively ad friendly, you know, uh, I, I, I play within the rules that Google has set forth. Um, and then, you know, and it's funny because like you're playing within the rules, Nick, but also like <laughs> you say some of the most scandalizing things. I know it's I, crazy. I, I, Sometimes I'm like, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. And then it's like, I'm waiting for like the FBI to knock on my door or something. Um, like, but at the same time, it's like when I look at those things or when I'm about to say it, or then I'm editing it, you know, it all goes through another round of checks before I, I publish it. Cause I'm like, let me make sure <laughs> I didn't go too crazy there. It's like, I'll think about it and I'll be like, okay, the joke is about something controversial, uh, but it manages to not say any disgusting words. And at the end of it, I'm not promoting something disgusting. I'm calling attention to something disgusting. You're, you're, you're kind of just like stating facts. Exactly. You're, you're, I was like, in, where is in, the lie? In a, in a fun, in a, if you can say fun, but in a fun or nuanced way, but it's really just kind of reporting. Exactly. To me, it's like, um, I don't think it's, it's toxic to, to get a laugh out of a joke that references a scandal, uh, especially if I contextualize it with, you know, usually within the content, but at least in other videos and within my brand with, uh, you know, my belief in helping, you know, find justice for the oppressed. I'm not, I know in my own, uh, I'm clear with myself what my intentions are when making those types of jokes. And honestly, if I'm able to find a way to say it that is still monetizable, then I'm going to do that. You know, I don't think it's any different than what like uh, the what John Stewart would do or or shows like tonight or late night shows that are really good at calling politicians on their bullshit. I think there's a need for that type of humor. And if I can bring it to YouTube in my content, then I'm obviously going to because 
I, I can't give every single person full script approval of every video that I post. And um, some people are going to be triggered by certain topics. I get it. Well, I think you do a good job at uh, the above. And so in in some of these videos, you know, when you're either calling people out or giving a thought on someone or, you know, you know, making ma making the, the joke of it all. Um, have you ever heard from any of these people that you talk about, any of these celebrities? Like, you know, have they ever slid into your DMs like, oh, my God, that was hilarious or bitch, you better take that down? Yes. All of the above for that, too. And, you know, that's always been, I think, a really interesting source of learning for me that I didn't expect um as is all of this youtube stuff you know like i was putting out videos for four years with uh a limited sort of viewership or and and therefore lower amount of feedback and then suddenly within a year getting a lot more feedback and trying to juggle and balance that with you know what i intend to do and what i want to do with myself so like when i get the feedback from people who are on the movie i'm like oh shit this had some reach uh so for the first time i'm like is chrissy is christy carlson romano sliding into your dms or mama that? she commented <laughs> on my cadet kelly video she commented and said i should make a video about this and then and she did yes, and then she did so i was like okay i inspired that video <laughs> so um and then i know that she has made comments since then about the coded queer messaging in Cadet Kelly. And she's commented on how she's, you know, glad that that was a source of comfort for people who saw it as, as queer children. Um, so I believe, I, I know, I, I mean, I wasn't the first one to come up with this idea. Um, it's been written about in several blog articles that I've linked in that video. And I think by bringing it to YouTube where Christy Carlson Romano is obviously a in that in that space it made her aware of that theory so that she could comment on it and other ones would be like jim fall the director of um the lizzie mcguire movie he commented on my review for the lizzie mcguire movie saying he loved this review um sometimes like actors like featured extras in these like lifetime movies will be like i was the guy you made fun of at the pet store and I'm like, oh, Aww. that's so awesome. I'm like, I'm sorry I called you a goon or whatever. And he's like, no, I love it. Uh, and then there are other who, you know, others who educate me. Like um, there are some uh, actors from the Pure Flix series who have let me know why certain uh, behaviors came through in their performance. And I was able to, you know, then really open the conversation up in my comments and thank them for making me aware of new things. So it's like a very, it runs the gamut, you know, of, of, of me being like, Oh, that's so great that the crew saw, you know, my thing and they appreciate it as like someone taking the time to make this whole analysis of what they worked on. And then also people giving me feedback on things that I, you know, said without being aware of the whole story or, you know, it's like, uh, that's always very, very humbling too. I mean, I don't ever, I try not to really ever think of myself as someone who's unteachable or can't be corrected, but, uh, I do think of myself as someone who always tries to do the right thing. So if I ever miss the mark, it's always a really like something that I try to take on and grow from and, and make part of my considerations going forward, because I, I do want to, 
I can't pride myself on being inclusive and then shut myself off when people say that wasn't inclusive. Very true. And I feel that mm -hmm. that was, I love that. Um, so also, okay. So asking as a, this is a personal question from, from me. So the things you break down, I know you normally do movies, TV movies. Have you, do you do TV shows? Yes. Typically, okay. uh, like the shorter ones will be my Monday uploads. Okay, and I do want to let everyone know that um, Nick uploads every Monday and Friday to his YouTube. So make sure you're checking that out. Because um, I just like have like some random um, suggestions. Okay, perfect. Over here. Okay, so are you a Degrassi person? Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's why, I mean, this is where my Andrea Lewis stan club started was all the way back i before i was even out of the closet as anything <laughs> i was like obsessing over andrea lewis in a way that i now know is very gay okay <laughs> and i i feel that in my bones <laughs> because i'm obsessed with her in many ways and i like okay i feel that I feel like you should do, like, a recap, because you know how they those episodes that were actually, like, supposed to be TV movies, but they just, like, broke them up into three episodes, like Degrassi Goes to Hollywood, or, um, yes. what is it, Degrassi Canadia A, or whatever they called it, with Jay and Silent Bob. Yes. Um, I would love to hear one of your recaps on something Degrassi. Like, this is a personal request. Nick. No, I love this. The TV movies are genius. I haven't thought about that in a while. Cause I'm always like, Oh, I would love to cover Degrassi, but, and it's Degrassi. There's, I, there's so I always say Degrassi people on YouTube will correct me and say it's Degrassi. <laughs> I feel like Degrassi sounds much more like, like hoity toity. You know what I mean? Which like, makes, that's why I've always called it Degrassi. Yeah. And I'm like from New Hampshire where like all of the 13 original colonies, they like had this weird fucking thing with American English where they're like, well, let's be British where we can because you exactly know, queen mother exactly. um so we like pronounce weird things like that and then uh so yeah degrassi the tv movies are an excellent suggestion because i wouldn't know what episode like singular half hour episode to start with it's too hard to pick so the tv movies are a great entry point are you excited about the reboot did you watch it all the way through to next class i'm curious uh so i watched all of the next generation through until I think I petered off after JT's tragic stabbing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then I sort of okay. aged out of it altogether. Okay. Well, I do have to say there's a lot that happens after. I that. can only okay, imagine. So I mean, <laughs> I, I'm a dedicated, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit obsessive when it comes to Degrassi. So, um, I've definitely watched all 18 seasons, even the, the four seasons where they had 44 episodes. each. Oh my God. And I, I got, and I got to tell you, like, there's some great content in there. So please, whenever you get a chance, dive back into it. Okay. This is, yeah, also, of course. another suggestion is, am I holding you? No, no, I'm writing this down. Okay, we're, we're a little over 30 minutes right now, but um, I just have to get this all out. Uh, so another suggestion that I just thought of is Life Size. Have you done Life Size mm. with Tyra Banks and Lindsay Lohan? Haven't done the original Life Size. I've done Life Size 2, A Christmas Eve. <laughs> 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 which is a major TV re a major TV reboot slash sequel featuring Lindsay Lohan in a photograph that was found in a box. <laughs> like that's her whole part. It's like a picture of her as a child. 
He takes it. She's like, they that's paid, my aunt. Tyra paid her in. Oh my god, Tyra paid her in Vaseline. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. The oh, and they do like references. Like Tyra in the movie does. We were all rooting for you. So she's like referencing her memes. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> Okay, I haven't seen So I have to do the original. Do the original, please. And what an experience talking to you, Nick. Uh, What an honor. And honestly, you have brought tremendous amounts of laughter and joy to my life for the last month. And I so believe in what you're doing. And I really appreciate you spending your time here with us today. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure speaking to you. And thank you so much for all the support you've shown my channel. It truly means the world. And everyone listening, if you want to support Nick's channel, make sure you are subscribing to Click Breakdown, Nick DeRamio on YouTube, and also visiting his website because, girl, he's got the merch, <laughs> he's got the Patreon, he's got it all at nickderame.io. We will put all of the links and stuff in the episode description and keep your ears open because this episode is uh the start of the wayne holtz podcast going to once a week and we've got a very good person coming up next week so stay tuned thanks everyone the sound for this episode was produced and engineered by nick shan when it comes to looks and smarts i'll give you five out of five kisses Every time I hear you mock, I wish that I can be your missus.